You know, when you're young, you fight nap time. And when you get older, you long for a good nap. And when you're young, you want to go out all the time. And when you're older, you love just to be able to stay in. And when you're young, you don't want socks for Christmas. And when you get older, you still don't want socks for Christmas. But around Black Friday and Cyber Monday this year, I did hear a lot of adults say, due to the excess and increase in prices, they didn't want some new tech toy. They would love a big discount on their utility and grocery bills. Because you see, age, wisdom, experience, sometimes changes our perspective on what we really need. Lent is my favorite liturgical or church season. And some people may think it's strange to like Lent and Ash Wednesday. I mean, is it appropriate to like a season where we're reminded with a holy smudge that we're all going to die? A season where we are asked to reflect on our sinfulness and our fragile humanity? It seems to be too depressing to be liked, right? Like a Facebook status where they share some kind of maybe sad or disappointing news, but it has a glimmer of hope for them. Do you like it? Or do you put the little heart or care emoji or the sad face? What do you do? What is appropriate? But perhaps Ash Wednesday and Lent are the gifts we didn't want, but are the very things that we need. Ash Wednesday is all about speaking the truth. Today, tonight, you will be marked with a cross of ashes on your forehead, which is about the most honest thing that we can do. And I recognize that embracing our death flies in the face of our culture's obsession with anti-aging, and immortality, right? We fight that every day and see ads for how we can live and look good forever and ever. But for those of us who have stood by the graves of loved ones, many of us have learned that there is something really healing about accepting our mortality rather than denying or avoiding what is certain for all of us. You know, it's incredibly bold to just blurt out the truth as if it's not offensive at all. We're dust, and to dust we shall return. Once we declare it, it's almost like you can finally exhale and receive the gift that we didn't know we need. Now, I'm going to share a potential spoiler about the 2013 movie Gravity. It's been enough time, so it's your fault. In this movie, Dr. Ryan Stone, played by Sandra Bullock, escapes from a very fiery space capsule that falls into the sea of water. And she attempts to get out of the capsule and she swims to the top, or tries to, but she soon realizes that that space that kept her safe in space is now the problem, with its weight burdening her and making it to where she's going to drown. And so the only way for her to live is to throw off that which is burdening her, And once she is free, she can surface and breathe again. Well, Lent invites us to stop and reflect on what's keeping us 
from the life-giving relationships with God and others that God dreams for us. We're encouraged to reflect and assess how we might be weighed down by things in life, being weighed down by self-reliance or self-loathing or self-delusion. We're invited to be honest about our selfishness and our self-centeredness and how it hurts us and others and how it's keeping us from being the kind of people God longs for us to be. But unlike Dr. Stone, we can't cut ourselves free from our entanglements. And thinking that we can is part of what prevents us from being set free. Thinking if we just have enough faith or strength or discipline only bounds us up all the tighter in shame because we can't do it. In this season, we're reminded that we are to bring our brokenness to God. When we confess the truth of our brokenness and the truth about ourselves, we confess that we can't do this alone. If our spirit is to be mended, God needs to mend it. If fear and hopelessness are to be replaced with peace and wholeness, it will come from God. If we are to be forgiven for what we have done and not done, it will be because God forgives. If we are to live, it will be because of Christ, not us, who has defeated death. And for those of us that are drowning in guilt and striving and a need to control and fix it and make it perfect, well, this confession and surrender is the gift we didn't know that we really need. Lent calls us to cry out to God to be set free of what so easily entangles us and surface to this new life in Christ set free so that we no longer pretend to be anything other than what we are, the broken and the blessed beloved of God. Pastor Nadia Boltz-Weber says that admitting the truth about our mortality is like the moment when you stop having to spiritually hold your stomach in. There's no better feeling, is it? especially after a good meal from Chef Michael, when you take off the belt or you loosen the pants, that's been painfully restraining you. So this season, let's stop pretending or sucking in our spiritual stomachs. Let's be real. We're a mess and in need of a savior. We are mortal. Thus, the ashes will be imposed on our foreheads to remind us of that. But death is not final. Thus, the ashes will be imposed in the sign of a cross to remind us of that, too. And our acceptance of all of that, which is what we pronounce on Ash Wednesday, is very much the gift we didn't realize that we deed. The context of the psalm tonight that we've referenced quite a bit, Psalm 51, is attributed to King David's confession of sin. David used his position of power and privilege as a king to abuse and assault Bathsheba. 
And when she becomes pregnant by David while her husband is away at war, David has her husband killed to cover up his sin. And then David lies about it all. David was able to keep from admitting or owning what he had done and what he needed to do for a long time. And then the prophet Nathan confronts the king. And David comes to this crisis point. And we hear it in this psalm. Someone once said that this psalm is not for reading. It is meant to be wailed. Have mercy on me, God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, God, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. The amazing thing about this psalm is that for all of its agony, there's also a sense of relief. What David has ignored for so long has finally been brought out into the open, and he cannot hold his stomach in any longer. And it couldn't have been easier for David to speak the truth about his sin than it is for any of us to be honest with God and others about our sin. Yet David's painfully honest prayer is what leads to healing, to freedom, and even joy. David resisted for a long time the very gift that he needed, an acknowledgement of his sin, his absolute need for God, and to hear what was always true even while he was in the very depths of sin, that David was the broken and blessed beloved of God. At the heart of Psalm 51 is a longing not for some restored reputation among men or some escape from the earthly consequences of his choices, but rather a longing for a return to intimacy with God, a restoration of a broken relationship. These words from verse 10 and 11 create In me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. This psalm, this prayer, has all the feelings of someone who knows that they have hurt the beloved, and they want nothing more than a restoration of the relationship. Lent takes love to a whole new level. Lent is an invitation to honestly name and confess how our sinfulness impacts our relationship with God and with others. To be honest feels scary because we worry that the love God has for us is as fragile as human love when sin enters the picture. But God responds to our sin not by punishing us or withdrawing from us, but by continually wooing us away from the other lesser gods that we try and serve and back to our first love. 
Lent can be this hibernation season where we fall in love all over again with God. To realize that confession and repentance aren't what we want, but are the very gifts that we really need. Lent isn't about punishing ourselves for being human. Lent is about no longer pretending that we are anything but who we are. The broken and blessed beloved of God. And if the truth of our lives were only that we are dust and that's the very last word, well, yeah, this would be a bummer of a service. But this is not the last word. Our mortality is not the last word, nor is our brokenness the last word. God is the last word. Love is the last word. We are mortal, but death is not final. We're broken, but we have a Savior. And the acceptance of this, which is what we pronounce on Ash Wednesday, is freeing to us and music to God's ears. For when we embrace this, we can surface to new life. As followers of Christ, we are resurrection people. But we are also Ash Wednesday, and Monday Thursday, and Good Friday people, too. We need every step along this 40-plus journey with Jesus to remind us of who we are and to hold our identity between two beautiful truths, that we are broken and that we are beloved. And as you receive the ashes and you hear the promise that you are dust and to dust you shall return, know that it is the truth. And that truth will set you free in a way that nothing else ever can. And may this truth be the very best gift that you never knew you needed. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and repentance, and that we may remember that it is only by your gracious gift that we are given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.